0: The BritFlix.com podcast. It's the BritFlix.com podcast. Welcome to another Britflix.com podcast. Today with me I've got writer director Simon Aitkin. Hello, Simon. Hello, Stuart. And how are you today? I'm good. Good, good, good. And you're You're on here, ostensibly, to talk about your project, Modern Love. Now, I say project because it's going to be feature length, I suppose, but it's not a typical feature film. So do you want to give the BritFix listener a bit of a synopsis as to what it is before we go into more detail later?
1: Yeah, sure. It's uh, an anthology film made up of, uh, at the moment, 15 short stories, but we are aiming for 90 minutes. So if we can reach that before 15 short stories, then that's great. But it's about dating, romance, and relationships in contemporary London.
0: Okay, okay. Right, well, we'll come back to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. So before we go into more detail, let's, let's rewind the clock on you as a filmmaker. Okay. And let's start with like that first kind of tipping point in your life. You know, what, what, what film or person do you remember being a sort of that represents that moment where you go, I want to make films as well?
1: Um, Well, it was one of these things where um, when I was a kid growing up, uh, films was Hollywood and that always seemed like a, a thousand miles away. And when I got a bit older, I was at college and I didn't do very well and I went to university and I dropped out and I wanted to be in a band and that didn't work out. And I got stuck doing this like dead end job as a security guard late at night. And there used to be, um, on Channel 4, uh, the shooting gallery, where they'd show these little short films. And I remember seeing one, and I just, remember, I just remember thinking, oh, I could do that. And it was the first time I thought I could actually do it. Um, so I quit my job, and I, I did a six-week course uh, at Panico, okay. which was like a, a crash course in filmmaking. It was like, this is a camera. This is a script. This is what the director does. That's Mike. Off you go. And Where, where's just, where's Panico? Um, well, Panico. Um, when I did it uh, back in '98. Uh, oh. <clears throat> sorry, I'll start that again. Um, Panico uh, back in '98 was at Falconberg Court in Central London. Okay. Um, I think they're now. Um, with the London Film Academy, but I'm okay. not sure. I was in touch with them for quite a while, and then I've lost touch. So I, I believe they've been integrated into another uh, film school. Mm.
0: So, but so describe, so describe that idea of the crash course. Then, what what happened?
1: Well, it was um, it literally they got. Uh, it was run by uh, Julian and Bob Doyle, who'd worked on all the Monty Python films. Mm-hmm. And they would get uh, people who work in the industry to come in and do classes. Okay. So there would be um, I remember the script writing class wasn't about script writing. He actually showed us the beginning of, of films and he says, right, I'll show you the opening scene and you tell me what happens afterwards, the whole idea of setting up the film. That's interesting. Uh, we did like a hands-on editing course where we used um, – one of these old editing tables where you actually had to handle the film and, <laughs> you know, and sync it up. Oh, we, were just, we were just syncing up rushes, but doing it by hand. Yeah. Uh, we did like uh, two projects. One was um, we were shown uh, some clips from Rope, the Hitchcock film, where it's you know it's all supposedly one take, but it's really about I believe it's like ten takes because each reel of film. Runs for ten minutes, so there was a careful blending of edits, so you wouldn't really see it. And the idea was, we were given a Super 8 camera, and we went running around trying to do our little story, but all in one shot.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we had like a final project where it was just a whole day where uh, we would write a little skit uh, to do with a teddy bear. We Mm. could do whatever we want with this teddy bear and an actor, and we would. each of us would uh, take a role in the crew. So if it wasn't your turn, then you would be the sound recorders or you would do the lighting, or you would help out. I mean, we had um, we had a DOP with us who was supervising us, so yeah. just to make sure nothing went out of hand. But it was like a whole day, and it was just great. It was just it was just fun. It was just lovely to be in that um, situation where you were just people who were who loved film, and they were just wanting to be part of it.
0: How, how do you think, from um, from a practical point of view, that 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 six weeks helped prepare you for sort of the films you're making now?
1: Um, it was a, it was a good introduction. Um, I think what was more of a benefit to me was the 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 club they would run every Thursday evening.
0: Yeah,
1: you would go down there and um, you would get jobs. So there was a board that advertised all these different jobs, and people would also come in. And it's like oh, I'm shooting next weekend. And we need a runner, and you go, yeah, yeah, I'm free, I'll do it. And mm. I just worked on tons of short films and low budget features and music videos, and just sort of um, sort of learn everything that way.
0: Okay, so I mean, is is when you when you when you sort of in that in those early days, mm. do you th- do you think there's a lot to be to be gained? from just being on set, full stop, you know, once once you get on set, no matter what job you're doing, there's always something to be learned, even if what you want to be is a director and you're not on set to direct.
1: Oh, certainly. Um, I think I learnt more from the bad shoots than I did the good shoots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you learn how not to do a shoot. Yeah. Um, I, I've been in a situation where it's two o'clock in the morning, you've been shooting all day, They've given you sandwiches, maybe about one o'clock, and you're starving and you're cold, and and you just sort of appreciate how um, you know, how to treat a crew uh, from that point of view.
0: Um, It'd never on one of my sets, Simon,
1: would it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't go there. <laughs> well, look,
0: fast forward to uh, to Modern Love, then. Yeah. Where where was this idea born then for the um the the idea yeah. of romance in, in the metropolitan area?
1: Well, it started off with a, a short film called uh without subtitles, mm-hmm. or to use its French title, Saint-Sucture. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I know it's taken me quite a while to actually learn how to say that properly. Um I did this little short film, uh, and it was about how language can be a barrier in a relationship and we, sh- we took it to film festivals and stuff and it, it did really good and I was like, oh, okay, I want to do something more with this. Um, I don't want it just to be like this one little standalone piece. Um, I mean, I looked at maybe expanding the story, but there wasn't, it's one of these things where it, it didn't really have much, um, it, I couldn't expand it. Hmm. I couldn't make it uh, any bigger than what it was because it was just this lovely, perfect little capsule of what that relationship was like within six minutes. Yeah, and so uh, you know you'd have to go off in weird and wonderful places with it, or and so I I decided. Well, I I've done really well with this one. I'm going to make it part of an anthology and do sort of other other little shorts as well. And it just also came from an, you know, a, a financial point of view where um, I didn't have to, ra- I don't have to raise all the money, money together, so I can shoot for three or four weeks. I can shoot it, I can shoot a bit at a time. I can shoot, you know, one weekend here and then one weekend there. I mean, we're actually been going now for over a year.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going pretty slowly, but we're we're starting to speed up now. I mean up to this point we've shot uh four stories now, so what are those four stories you've shot so far um including without subtitles it's uh digital romance mm-hmm. uh the one that got away and uh online
0: okay and what what aspect if if if, if without subtitles was about communication what was what have you done with what what have you' covered with the other the other three
1: um with digital romance, it was again um, communication, but how easy communication is over long distances because it's okay. about relationship over Skype. All
0: right.
1: Uh, the uh, the one that got away uh, is about uh, a girl who, well, it's about a lesbian who falls in love with her, you know, straight friend. Yeah. And how that doesn't work out. And also online was, um, is actually an online diary about online dating. Okay. So it's a, um, a piece to camera where it's, oh no, I'll start again. <clears throat> it's a video diary of, uh, a chap who's, you know, he's trying online dating for the first time and he's sort of chronicling how it, how it works out.
0: Okay. That's nice. Mm. And you're you're in the process of planning your fifth one, yeah? Called Silence. That's,
1: that's correct. Yes, um, I'm just sort of finishing up the script now, yeah, and yeah. we're going to be shooting later this month. Oh, cool,
0: cool. Now before we just go into that, I just want to just just check in one one of the you told one one of some of the details you told me about before the podcast was uh, the one that got away, which you say you shot it as photo stills, uh, a la Leggeti. Um, That's correct, yes. So how did you find that as as a filmmaker using moving pictures as opposed to photos that don't move obviously? Um how did you find using those as a, to make a little film?
1: Well, I did a lot of testing beforehand hmm. because um I didn't know which route to take. I didn't know if it was best to try and, you know, let the action flow and just sort of be there taking photographs like you were you know if it was really happening in front of you or to try and pose everything hmm. and after doing various tests i came to the conclusion that it was best just to take photographs as it's happening so i would get the actors to you know to act out the scene hmm. and i would just take loads of photographs i took thousands of photographs
0: okay so you still you still did it you still did the action like a film and then yes then you compiled stills rather than moving images that's it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're um, you're ready. You're ready to when when you say you're ready to shoot, does that mean you've got days set and everything? Everyone's waiting.
1: Um. No. No. But we're the the works going to begin on that. Um, okay. It's you sort of kind of set a date in your mind. You say right. I want to shoot, say the end of the month, and you work towards that, and then sometimes it all falls into place and sometimes people aren't available or locations aren't available at that mm. exact time. So you have to either bring it early or take it back. Um It's just, you have to be flexible. Again, again,
0: this reflects your, your, your idea, your idea of doing this approach as opposed to one feature film. Yes. The, having that inherent flexibility enables you a better chance of getting to the end line than always yes. having to, Keep the same group because you because obviously you're dealing with different groups of people each time, aren't you? It's not the same actors and actresses. That's in each film, Is it? So you're you have new variables, but equally that means you're not relying on the same people all the time, for, for as you can fit shoots together.
1: Yeah, I mean both approaches has its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, with when it's with a, a different cast all the time, then it's sometimes people. Uh, Availability can be a problem. Uh, if it's the same cast, I think they're more invested in it and they would, you know, make the time for you. I mean, it's, um, it's it always depends on the individual. Mm. But I decided straight away that I I did want it to be um, different characters with different casts, and I didn't want to do the whole, you know, oh look, he was in the last one and he's in this one now. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that makes sense.
0: Because yeah. as 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 film audiences we might we might read into that as meaning something.
1: Exactly. No, so it, it does become a game of, oh look, spot the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um as much as I really liked Cloud Atlas, it was kind of like, Oh, what actor who what actor will be playing what different part this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: so you've uh, went when um in terms of funding these films yes i I noticed that you're 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 gonna be going to use crowdfunding for the the two that follow silence yeah
1: that's correct yes
0: so in that sense when when are you going to launch that and how how are you looking for people like the brickfoots listeners to to help out
1: well uh we're aim aiming to uh have that ready and launched uh by next week okay uh, it's we're asking people to put money into the stories, and we have a whole load of um, incentives. Mm-hmm. And if they can't put money into it, then just you know to spread the word on places like Facebook and Twitter.
0: Okay, okay. Well, we certainly certainly Britflix will do what it can, and hopefully some of the listeners will be able to dip in their pockets or spread the love, as it were, quite That's literally. It. Um, and obviously, with that few weeks, obviously you've you just said there uh, we're recording this in advance, so yes. it's likely that I'll be able to put a link with the podcast to your crowdfunding. Oh, excellent. okay,
1: yeah.
0: right then let's let's go back to the the to task of making this stuff. Yeah, um now you're you're writing and directing well, you're certainly writing most of them, you're directing all of them, yeah.
1: That's correct. yeah, yeah,
0: okay. So let's look at the writing process first. Okay. What's your and, and it's interesting because obviously you're 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 taking one subject and then trying to represent it in different ways, which is interesting, interesting in itself. Mm. Um, so what, what 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 are you doing in terms of research? I mean, is this is this all coming from your journals? Is <laughs> or are you um, or are you uh, are you, you know are you outlining this stuff and talking to other people? Um, what about you know you drafting up rewriting? Workshopping it with actors, you know. What, what's your approach to pulling these scripts together before you shoot them?
1: It's it's been very interesting because um, uh, some of these scripts have come from my own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it has come from uh, talking to people and about their, um, you know, what's happened to them in the past. And also, it's just uh, It's also it's not like a, a you know set. It's not like right. I'm going to do this story, this story, this story, this story because suddenly I might see something or hear a story and I'll go, oh, wait a minute, that would be good and sort of change, um, put that story in instead of another one. I mean, I do have an outline of stories that if I, I don't have anything, I can go and look at. Hmm. But so far it's been um, it's been pretty um, – oh, God, <laughs> now I'm tongue-tied – is uh, it been organic? You mean? Yes, thank you. Yes, it, okay. it's been it's been organic.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's good because then 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 you've, you you knew what the over you knew what the project was from a helicopter view looking down. Yeah. You didn't have all the pieces in place from the get go. This has happened as time's gone by. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: And what what about you? You know, when you when you're sitting down to write that script, as it were.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you are you just just dive in? Are you are you index carding it? Are you
1: I dive in okay. I I I just, I just go straight for the first draft um, usually I have an idea of the style I want to do it in mm. because the other thing about these stories is that each one has a different style as with the one that got away it's been told in photo stills uh, without subtitles Was we had French in it it mm. was using French dialogue um, digital romance it's a silent film there is no talking, uh, no sound effects. It's just music. Uh, silence is going to be shot as one shot. Uh, it's going to be a locked-off shot where the actors come in and out of the, out of the shot. Mm. And so it usually starts from that, from kind of like what I want to do, and, and just sort of go from there. Uh, sometimes I have to research it. Um, one of the stories... One of the stories that we're um, crowdfunding is called mm. a pregnant pause, and I had to do a whole load of um, research about um, abortion. Okay. And I have to say, some of it was wrong. <laughs> it was thankfully somebody sort of told me a few truths about which uh, on the websites they don't mention. All right. Because I was I was going one way with the story. Um, the idea that um, that a businesswoman finds out she's pregnant after a one-night stand and she yeah. goes for an abortion. And mm-hmm. with a chemical abortion, they give you two pills. Mm-hmm. The one that actually does the abortion and the other one that flushes your system out. Now, my idea was that she takes the first pill and then has a change of heart and doesn't want to take the second pill with the hope that the, the baby's still alive. mm mm-hmm. But then I've been told that uh, if you do not take the second pill, it you can actually die. They can actually die from it. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that's. Uh... Yeah. Uh, so I'm having to sort of change my approach to it, uh, in that sense, on the sort of the factual side.
0: Well, and, and highlighting the value of research as well, I suppose.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, uh, with the stories as well, um, I'm always trying to sort of get that you know recognition that people say oh i've i've been through that or i know what that's like or mm. and so I, I want it to be kind of factual as well when it comes to things like that
0: and how and and, and and as we as i said before you you're you're the writer and director yes and i've asked writer directors before so i will i'll, I'll keep i'll keep ask you to see how you see it how how do you separate the disciplines of writing from a creative point of view and directing in terms of a a vision and b the practicalities, and I guess you could add into that, how do you keep from wearing your producer's hat as well? You know, to sort of the the, the practical, literally the practicalities of what you're trying to shoot with the budget you've got
1: available. Well, it's I don't really see a difference between them. Okay. Um, when I'm when I sit down, I start writing. I am thinking about well. Who's gonna be in it or who or, or what kind of actor I want to be in it? Hmm. Uh, I always I always find if I have a location in place, I find it so easy to write <laughs> you know because then you you know this you can actually see the physical space. you'll know, oh look, there's a car park there and there's an office here. And you can you go. Oh, right. So this can happen in the office, and that can happen in the car park. And you can, and you know, oh, there's pillars there, and they can hide behind the pillar and stuff. Okay, sorry, okay. To, sorry to use your script, Stuart. But no, 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 yeah. no, by all means. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm always sort of thinking, well, how can I do this uh, where I can actually afford to do it. Because I could, I could write a story where it's, you know, happens at the top of the, um, you know, it could be in the Tower of London, and you know, have all these wonderful uh, ideas and stuff, and then you go right now, I've got to produce this, and you talk to the Tower of London, and they want this amount of money to film there for like, yeah. and you've only got an hour, <laughs> and it's like. Ah, oh, you know. So, I'm. I'm always sort of. I'm, it's kind of like it is a juggling act when I'm writing, where I have like each of these hats on, and it's kind of like just just checking that what I'm writing is going to be I will be able to do.
0: Okay. So now, you, now we've established you've got you've obviously got plenty of experience of shorts both. Being working on them as well as making them yourself yeah. outside of this project, and you've you've got a feature film, Blood and Roses, under your belt as well. That's right. Um, from from your experience to date, and thinking about people who might be sort of making those tentative steps into making film into making film. Yeah. What, what some what are some obvious kind of lessons learned that you've got that that still stand you in good stead to this day from the experience you've gained to date.
1: Well, the first thing is um, always feed your cast and crew. <laughs> and I don't mean feed them sandwiches. I mean just just make sure you've got enough money that you can give them a, a breakfast in the morning, a hot meal at lunchtime, and if you're filming late, dinner. It, it, it makes a world of difference. Um, also, I think just... Um, if you just go out there and do it, we we are now in an age where film equipment is so cheap. Hmm. I mean, you can go out and shoot on a digital SLR. You can go out and shoot on your iPhone. You
0: can indeed, as we know, with our friends. Yeah.
1: Yes, I mean, I have, sh- uh, it, it's funny, I've shot with multiple cameras on this film so far, but the one fo- one camera that keeps popping up is the iPhone. I have used the iPhone on literally all of my shoots so far on what, this. On what this is film. it about?
0: What is it about the iPhone then that, that, that becomes even when you've got better cameras to hand? What is it? What is it that, that you find useful about the iPhone?
1: Uh, what I found useful about the iPhone is it's small uh, and it's nobody notices it. Uh, when you're sort of guerrilla filmmaking, uh, you don't want to be noticed, and so with one of these phones, you're just another tourist. Um, you're just there. <laughs> You know, I, I went on the London Eye. Harder your friends but... around. <laughs> <laughs> I, went the, I went on the London Eye. Uh, we, went, we went into one of the capsules with the actor, and the actor was the cameraman, and he was doing a, a selfie with the phone. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just sort of gave him instructions before we got in there and just let him go and do it. And it worked out really well. And nobody batted an eyelid. Course, I just—I yeah. mean, just from experience, because I've turned up at like on the South Bank with a big camera that looks like a big camera, mm. and uh, you know, immediately told to to clear off. Yet this time, went down with an iPhone, and nothing was said.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. So, uh, as a fairly yeah, so to being inconspicuous is uh, is a fairly useful thing in in the, in the low low to no budget
1: filmmaking world. Yes. Yeah, um one one of the problems I always face is locations. And to to hire a location out now is very expensive. Um, back in cool, two thousand three, I did yeah. a short film called Goodbye. And okay. we wanted the film outside the BFI South Bank and I actually got in touch with a charity that owns that land yeah. and asked them how much it would cost to film there, they told me it was £500 an hour.
0: Whew, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Because they had had some big British films shoot there, like Love Actually and um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and also because you had the ITV studios there as well, they felt that they could charge that and people would pay it.
0: I guess it's iconic, isn't it? Yes, the, is the yeah. the problem for you as a low budget filmmaker? <laughs> yes, yeah. because no, I, I used um, I used some City of London land
1: in oh, East London,
0: man. so it's 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 Epping Forest, but it's it's classed as the Corporation of London, which st- stems from the city. Yeah. And when you're shooting a sh- student or festival show, it's one hundred and eighty quid a day, which obviously is miles a bit more different than five hundred pounds an hour. Yeah, but then it is it is a lake and some scrubland. <laughs> yeah. So while it's good for production, it's not exactly you. You could be anywhere in terms of the audience, whereas the South Bank is saying, "I'm in London. Look at this. You know where we are." Kind of thing.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. Um. I I worked on a shoot uh, that was filming the Hampstead Heath, and we got kicked off because we didn't have uh, uh permission to film there. Okay. Uh, and again, they. They know how to make money out of this.
0: Mm. I mean, I must say, it was it was. I think if you were a professional crew or or an advertising photo shoot for the same location we were using, yeah, it it, it went up to like eight hundred pounds a day or something like that. It was. It certainly changes once you get into proper budget things. And it was just it was it was nice to know that actually, you know, some organisations have, you know, Uh, a tapered view of how much money there is available for a shoot.
1: Well, that's it because um, a, a lot of people do have um, the idea that all film shoots are the same, hmm. and that we have lots of money behind us. Yeah, where bet, yeah, It's only the few who have the, you know, the big budgets, while the rest of us are, are scrabbling around to to make this stuff.
0: Well, look, I, I just realised actually we, we've um, you, you've mentioned Pregnant Pause. The other <laughs> film that you're going to be crowdfunding for is called Phone Box. That's correct,
1: yeah. what's that one? Um, well, that's my little thriller story. Okay. Uh, it's about a chap who, um, he's met a girl and he's got her phone number and he's about to call her and the battery on his phone dies. Mm. And he has, uh, so he has to use a phone box to try and get in touch with her. And he knows that she, for the next 10 minutes she's going to be at this one location. So he has to find a way of, you know, of getting the phone number and... And and then calling her. And you know like you know it's it's one of those things like he doesn't have enough change and so it's all like a, a ticking clock story. Cool, so, cool. Yeah.
0: So when you say next week, are you saying the week of the tenth of March? You're gonna put it, you're gonna put your crowdfunding up? Uh yes. Okay. And you're using who who's whose crowdfunding are you using? Kickstarter, Indiegogo?
1: Um well, I'm looking either at Indiegogo or I can't remember the other one. Um, I'll start again. Uh, yes, we're looking at IndieGoGo. Good <laughs>
0: and and will people be able, and, and you will be looking for contributions of what from a pound upwards or yes
1: from a pound upwards and the the top one we have is um, will be five hundred pounds. Okay, I mean, and, what, and how much
0: are you hoping to raise?
1: We're hoping to raise a thousand.
0: Okay, okay, so that's that's a that's a, an achievable sum. Yes. Um, well, cool. Well, look, well, like I say, we'll definitely put the. Uh, the link to your your crowdfunding when we for when the podcast goes out. So finally, Simon, yeah. given you're doing this modern take on love, yes, literally, and uh, and it's you know with, with and it's it's good that with the uh, you know the, the use of technology, um, and and I guess that's kind of almost like playing back with you saying you've made use of the iPhone to shoot it. It's almost like it comes back on itself, doesn't it? Mm. You're using yes. a current technology in of itself to help you make the film. Um, but can you can you think of a of a British love story film that's that's underrated and you think deserves more kudos?
1: Mm. Oh dear, um, this is the bit where I have to take a time out and uh, think take about. A, it. Take as long as you cu- like. I'll cut out it. mate. I'll
0: I'll, I'll cut your answer yeah. from yeah, from yeah. the moment. I asked the
1: question <laughs> so if you want to to the moment it. I can think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just so terrible. I'm, um, it's, it's really weird. Cause I'm more of a, uh, thriller fan than I am sort of a romance. Um, it, it is funny. The films I make and the films I watch cause the, they sometimes have no bearing on each other because, um, I'm not a big romance fan, yet here I am making uh, films about romance. But they're realistic stories about romance. They're not um, Hollywood, you know. Hmm. Uh, well, have you got, have so, you got any,
0: any British noir ones where romance is, is what's going to get someone in trouble?
1: Uh, uh, an underrated uh, British romance film for me is uh, A Life Less Ordinary. Uh,
0: okay, that's a good one.
1: Yes, I. What would
0: it be about that one that you that you like?
1: Well, I I really enjoyed Danny Boyle's uh, work, uh, you know, like Shallow Grave and Train Spotting, and then of course this was the the third one that came out, and Mm. I just I loved the um, the anarchic spirit about it, how it was like, you know, they just they just seem to have so much fun making it, and. Uh, I just really enjoyed the, the the story and the spirit of it, and you know, it, it looked like they were actually in love. Uh, I just couldn't understand all the sort of uh, all the criticism it got. I think was it people saying he sold out, or it wasn't mm. like tra- it wasn't like Train Spotting, or it was just too Americanized. And but I just I really enjoyed it, and
0: I, I did too. I I'm, remember I'm going to the cinema to see it. Yeah. All right, well yep. we'll we'll take that as a shout out for uh, yep. for good British cinema that needs to be uh, needs a bit more kudos and that one certainly does. So um thank you very much, Simon, for coming on the Britflix podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Stuart.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. Good luck with um with the crowdfunding and obviously we'll do we'll do what we can to promote that for you. Thank and you. good luck with the silent shoot. Thank and you. yeah, good luck with compiling the rest of it. I guess I guess what, are you hoping to finish have your ninety minutes of 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 love stories have you set yourself a deadline or
1: well the the hope is to have it by the end of the year but it's not like definite okay uh, once it's once we're finished uh, the nice thing is because as we're shooting them we're editing them as well hmm. so once we shoot the final story uh it will be more or less completed uh it won't be like another 6 months or a year in post production so it will once we're finished shooting, we'll be more or less releasing.
0: Yeah, so as well as your organic storytelling, as it where it's an iterative process, isn't it? You're,
1: That's right, you're, yeah.
0: You're, you're, you're finishing blocks off. So does that mean, are you, are you going to treat them as short films in their own right anyway and be entering? We're showing
1: some of them at, uh, at festivals and screenings yeah. um, as individuals, but not all of them because some of them are quite, uh, you know, you don't want to show everything before no, sure, the piece sure, comes sure. out. Well, the reason ask no. as
0: that is, is just just if you know in, in, in the future if you keep us posted and we'll we'll let the uh, the Britflix audience know
1: when stuff's oh,
0: going to be available to see and and obviously it'd be great to have you back on when you're further down the line with the process of making Modern Love as well so you can fill us in on what the next steps are when it's all done and stuff
1: certainly all right I sir loved well it. well thank you very much
0: no oh, thank you sir. lakes don't come